0: You know, the demons uh, and the demonic forces involved, they're all whispering to each other, you reckon they'll ever find out that they have the victory? You reckon they'll, they'll, they'll use the name of Jesus? Let's hope they don't know anything about the name of Jesus. Let's hope they don't know anything about the blood of Jesus. Uh, I, I'm really hoping, uh, they're, they're not one of those faith people, are they? Uh, we don't like those faith people, right? They're not one of those confession people, are they? Now we, you know, let's stay far away from them, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, now it, on the outside, they are, they're big and boisterous and loud. But you know, behind the curtains, you know, the Wizard of Oz deal—they're uh, shaking in the shoes for the church because, uh, in the realm of the spirit, uh, as we understand how authority works, the realm of the spirit, when, when the authority is spoken, uh, the demonic forces always yield. You know, they, they don't just decide. You know, I'm just not going to do it. You know, they may hesitate, they may they may resist for a, a short period of time, but they will always yield. Uh, and if you will believe that and live that way. You know, then you always live in victory in every way that you go. Because a lot of times people say, well, I tried it, it didn't work. Then you didn't do it, because if you, if you, if you operate in the authority it belongs to you, the demonic forces always yield. Uh, and so you may have to stick it out for a while, uh, and you may have to uh, hold, stand your ground, right? Uh, there's plenty of scriptures and talks about having done everything to stand, stand, therefore. So that a lot of times you just have to stand uh, and, and wait for the victory to arrive. And the way I, in the way I uh, see it, you know, uh, uh, I tell the situations, uh, you can either change now or you can change later. You can change easy or you can change hard, but you're going to change. Uh, and you can do it the easy way or you can do it the hard way. Uh, it, it's, uh, that's your choice, uh, but you're going to change. The circumstances will change. Uh, and so we have to have a mindset of victory in everything that we do uh, because that's what the Lord has provided for us. He's paid a great price to defeat all the, all the enemies of mankind. Uh, the Bible says he has the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Uh, and he has authority on the, earth, uh, uh, on the earth, in heaven, and under the earth. And so he has authority in every realm that there is. And then he handed that authority over to the church, and our job is to live in that victory uh, in the earth. Uh, and so even when we come into a new, a new conflict, uh, we have to go into that conflict realizing we have the victory. Uh, and, of course, in order to live that way, you have to not be the one who's always starting the conflict right you know what I'm saying it's you know some people they're brawlers everything you know everything's a fight how you don't know who wants to know just you know you just ask it right but some some people you know that you know people that way right everything's a fight and, and uh, you can't do anything well that's one thing but you know if you're the one who's always causing strife and difficulties well then you don't really have uh, the authority to 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 use the name of Jesus in those situations if you're the one causing strife right and I understand sometimes the Lord will send you into the place and your, your very appearance will, will cause people around you to get into strife. And I'm not talking about that. But, you know, there's just uh, there are real actual Christian troublemakers, right, who just stir up things and, you know, and are annoying in, in their life. Uh, and so, in fact, I think we're going to get into some of those folks here tonight. You know, so uh, Chris is up in, in Indiana uh, this week. She's going up to, uh, in fact, I think she's getting to go to Mac Hammond's church she's up in Indianapolis, and he's got a, a big church up there in uh, Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, and so she's up in, in Indiana, but it's not far from where she's at, I think so, um, but um, she'll be back with us on Fridays. Don't forget, we'll have a prayer Friday night at 7 p.m., and um, and then, um, uh, of course, I'll be here Sunday, but I'll be leaving on Tuesday for, for Ireland and uh, be there for about a week, return on the Monday after that. So, uh, but let's pray and get into the word tonight. So Father, we do thank you for the word of God, and we thank you for blessing us with a great and a sound word, Father, to base our faith upon. Father, our faith resides in your word. It doesn't reside in people. It doesn't reside in concepts or ideas. It's founded entirely upon your word. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles to the Book of Philippians, uh, Chapter Four. We're starting in, in Chapter Four tonight, so we're on the downhill slope now. So um, Paul's kind of wrapping up some things here uh, uh, in Chapter Four, and um, he's uh, in in this chapter. Of course, one thing to remember about the Philippians it's a letter, right? It, it was originally as letters, not really. It was never a book of the Bible, right? It was written as a letter. Uh, that was written to a church, to a local body, right? It wasn't written to the church as a whole, but it is in a sense that it's doctrine for the whole church. But it was originally intended for a specific church or a location, right? A physical single body of believers there. Uh, and uh, as Paul often does uh, in, uh, in his writings, he will address some large kind of uh, big doctrinal issues as, as he did uh, in all of chapter uh, uh, one, two, and three of Philippians. Uh, but then also, also he, he'll often get involved in some local church matters. And so he starts out in some of these things uh, in chapter four here. But he starts out in verse one uh, as he gets, as he's kind of winding this, uh, this letter down. He says, Therefore, my, bre- my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. So, if you remember way back in chapter one, he talked a lot about uh, had kind words for the church at Philippi. And uh, he really loved this church. So he, uh, he was really fond of the people in his church. And from what we see in the book of Acts and how he wrote the, the book here of Philippians, uh, they were a big supporter of his ministry and a big help uh, both in prayer and uh, in the finances of the ministry. And, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, it's not that Paul is a respected person's. But uh, it, it's helpful for people to, uh, to show some appreciation like they did with Paul and to assist and to help. Uh, and uh, it really has a bond that, you know, because uh, from Paul's perspective, he's a minister, he's traveling all over the world, and this one group of people here has really decided to go above and beyond and really assist him and help him. In fact, if you remember when he talked about Epaphroditus in chapter 2, he said that he nearly died. Uh, because he was working he almost worked himself to death to assist Paul and really to to uh, uh, he was correcting the church a little bit because he said he was working too much to make up for what the Philippians had had not been able to do in assisting him Uh, but there was a lot of fondness between Paul and the church of Philippi because they were real real um, uh, partners in his ministry in every way right not just financial partners but in prayer and assistance with them as well and so he, so he called them uh, my joy and crown. Uh, and so uh, I started thinking about, well, there's a lot of things that the Bible says about crowns. And so I thought it'd be helpful just to look at some of the things. Uh, we won't spend a lot of time in this, but uh, the Bible does have a few things to say about crowns and, um, uh, and then what they are, right? And so there's lots of different crowns. Here he just called them his joy and crown. So he's... he's um, uh, well, that word "crown" there it talks about a, a victory wreath. So, if you remember back in the old days when people were doing, like in the Greek um, uh, Olympics, the the winners would get like a uh, what is it, what type of crown it was, you know? But it was it was a uh, like a wreath, you know, they'd put on their head, and um, usually have some of uh, some uh, ivies or something, some kind of vines like that uh, for the victors. Uh, and that's really what he's what he's calling. Um, the Philippians uh, his joy and his crown and so he's kind of implying that you know uh, the ministry that he's had with them that uh, the part of his reward is a part of Paul's reward is the success that he's had at the church of Philippi uh, because he said you are my crown so so he has a crown or he's expecting a crown of some kind because of the work that he's had with the, the Philippians uh, and that really says a lot because uh, he, uh, apparently he was able to impart a lot of things into their life. They received a lot of what he said uh, in the ministry. And then because of that, they grew and produced fruit. Uh, and so really what he's receiving is uh, a crown based upon the fruit that they produced in their lives from the work that Paul added to their uh, life and ministry. Uh, and, and so you can see, and I, and I understand that, you know, when you, when you help people, and you see them flourish and you see them increase and you see them grow spiritually and grow uh, in their faith walk with the Lord. That really that's that's valuable. Right. I know sometimes that's not always the case. Right. There's Sometimes it's just long suffering. Right. <laughs> and just, you know, uh, I mean, I remember one time <clears throat> uh, and this is this is unique. Right. So uh, I think overall, you know, even even the short time that I've been a pastor for uh, what now, 15 years um, you know, I've got to see a lot of spiritual growth in a lot of people's lives, and it's a blessing. Uh, but that's not always the case, right? I, I remember one lady in particular, she was with us for many years. And, um, and so we got talking not long before she left the church, but uh, we got to talk, and she said, I have grown so much in your church. And so she didn't ask for my opinion, uh, but I'm thinking, if you've moved a hair's breadth, uh, you know, I'd be surprised. I mean, because she was still the same person exactly the, the day I met her. Uh, and, you know, uh, it is what it is, right? It's not about, uh, uh, I wasn't trying to judge her or anything, but but she was bragging about how, how much she had changed. Uh, but she was still a brawler. She was still a gossiper. She was still a manipulator. She still, I mean, after all those years that I, that I knew her, she was still that way. And, and you know, uh, I would never say you're, you're my crown and my joy and my crown, because if if, if the ministry that, that, uh, um, that she sat under with us for a while, for a season, produced any fruit in her life, I couldn't tell it, you know. Uh, and that's just the way it is sometimes, right? Uh, and so uh, my desire is to produce fruit in everybody's life, right? Because, uh, you know, from my perspective, I believe strongly that the Word of God is plenty able to, Change your life, right? To to make you a better person, make you a stronger person, make you a more per, a person more at peace, more at ease, uh, a kinder person, a gentler person. Uh, if people would just hear the word of God, they will change, right? If you'll hear what's preached, uh, you know. A lot of times, people. Uh, in fact, uh, we were uh, me and Jerry was watching a video. At, uh, where he was eating dinner, and the guy was talking about going to a therapist, right? And so, fine. Th- uh, there are therapists out there, and there's Christian therapists. And, and i don't want to uh i don't want to uh, belittle that ministry or even that, that that medical profession but if you go to if you'll just go to church to a word church and you li- and you will listen to the word of god your mind will get stable your body will get healed right your joy will be full well, what would you need a therapist for if you really had that fruit in your life uh, and so it, to me it's it's uh Uh, again, I don't want to disparage anybody who's ever had to go to a therapist or is even currently going to a therapist, but the Word of God is way better than a therapist. Amen? The Spirit of God knows way more about you than any therapist will ever be able to to tell you. Uh, And so if if people would just go to church, to a Word church that teaches faith and teaches the Word of God like it's written, they'll have all the therapy that they need. Uh, I'm fully convinced of that. And so I'm not disparaging the therapists and the, the psychiatrists, psychologists of the world I'm saying, the Lord's got a better way, and it's a much better way. There's no side effects. There's no there's no uh, medication. You know, uh, it, it's just way better. Amen. Uh, and so, so they ha- uh, they had been producing fruit in their life. He doesn't go into exactly what kind of fruit it is, but they were producing something. And he said, he said that that is is my victory, right? That is part of, of my reward is the fruit that you produce in your life. Amen. Uh, and and, um, uh, and so. The Bible talks about a, uh, a crown of righteousness. Uh, he mentions that in Second uh, Timothy chapter 4. He said, Starting in verse 6, he says, For I am now ready to be offered. So this is Paul talking. So, he's, so he knows he is about to come to an end of his time on the earth. Uh, and that kind of does away with the, with the idea that, well, you just never know when your time is up. But Paul said right here, I'm now ready to be offered. I'm ready to go. Uh, And so if he didn't know, then then he wouldn't be able to write this, would he? You can know, amen. He said, "And the time of my departure, is at hand. Well, he's not talking about a train ride, right? He's talking about departing the earth and and to go into the kingdom of heaven, uh, uh, up with the Lord. He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Uh, and so uh, there's a crown of righteousness. Now, we're already the righteousness of God. Amen. We're not going to become more righteous when we get to heaven. So this is just a crown. It's, it's you know, it's just a symbol of who we are in the Lord. But we don't, we don't get it until uh, we, we stand before the Lord. Uh, and what does it look like? I don't know. How big is it? What color is it? I, you know, we don't, we don't have any details about it. But uh, it sounds like this is part of our... Um, blessings that we get, the rewards that we get from the Lord for just walking with him, right? Because he said that, that we get it not to, not to him only, but unto all them that love his appearing. So do you love the appearing of the Lord? You know, all, the, all Christians will love the appearing of the Lord. And when they do that, when they see him and they fall down and worship him, they will receive a crown of righteousness just because they love, uh, love his appearing. Uh, he talked about uh, to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 2.19, he said, But what is our hope or joy or crown, crown of rejoicing? Uh, are, are, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Uh, and so, again, just like he called the Philippians his joy and crown, he called the, the Thessalonians uh, his crown of rejoicing. Uh, and uh, in First Peter, uh, he called it, uh, in 1 Peter 5.4, and when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So uh, Peter calls the same crown. Apparently, it's going to be the same crown that when the Lord Jesus appears. Uh, Paul called it a crown of righteousness. Uh, Peter called it a crown of glory. Uh, it sounds uh, pretty awesome, right? Whatever it is. You know, and what are you going to do with the crown? I don't know. You know but uh, I mean, we do see some things that, that we'll get to do with it. Uh, but um, it's not like a necessity, right? It's not like water and air. It's just something that the Lord wants to do to be a blessing to us. Uh, in James, he, in James 1.12, he says, uh, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he re- shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Uh, and so you remember Paul said that, that uh, we get the crown of righteousness to those that love his appearing. Uh, and James called it the crown of life that's promised to them that love him. So it again sounds like the same kind of uh, crown there. And so it's, uh, uh, it must be something, something special because you've got Paul talking about it, James talking about it, Peter talking about it. Uh, in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, in verse 10, he said, For none of those things which thou shalt suffer, behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried. And you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Uh, and so... That, uh, that crown there seems like it's, it's a crown that's a, a result of uh, of a reward for us walking faithfully with the Lord. So it appears maybe it's a slightly different crown than the other crowns that we get because he appears and, and we, uh, we love the Lord. This one seems like it's a, it's a reward for walking faithful, f- faithful with the Lord. And he wrote that to the church at Smyrna uh, because they were suffering a lot of persecution. And... Um, You know, uh, we've talked a little bit about persecution around here before, uh, but if you if you a if you are a person of faith, you are going to be persecuted. And so, uh, oftentimes people will will wonder, well, what's the value then? I'd rather not be persecuted. Well, the only way really not be persecuted is not to follow the word. And and there's a lot, plenty of Christians who don't follow the word. You know, they're just carnal people. They and they probably die and go to heaven. I'm not their judge. Uh, But they don't really, they don't progress in their faith. Uh, But really, you know, I look at it like the distinction between um, Moses and the nation of Israel. So the nation of Israel, uh, they sinned 10 times. And finally, after the 10th sin, which was when uh, the spies uh, went to the promised land, uh, the Lord said, "Okay, that's enough. You're not going into the promised land. That's your 10th sin. That's enough. Well, Moses, you remember Moses, he struck the rock when the Lord told him to speak to the rock. And the Lord said, Moses, because you struck the rock, you're not going to the promised land. So he sent one time, and the nation of Israel sent ten times. So a lot of times people say, well, then it'd be, it'd be better to be like the nation of Israel, because they could sin ten times and get away with it. And, and Moses, you know, he just one time, and, he, and he's out the door, right? He doesn't get to do it. So let's figure out how to be more like the nation of Israel, because we got more, we got more uh, grace there, Right? Well, that's, that's the wrong way of thinking, because Moses, uh, in fact, he told Miriam, he said, you know, I, I, I speak to prophets and visions, but I speak to Moses face to face. Okay, well, I'd rather be like Moses then, wouldn't you? Uh, Moses got to part the Red Sea, got to call the, you know, the 10 plagues on, on, the, on the nation of Egypt for not yielding to the Lord. You know, I'd much rather be Moses than, than the nation of Israel, carnal and, and, and complaining all the time, whining and griping about everything. And so, you know, it's one of those things that you've got to decide it, for you, is it worth the battle? In, in my mind, it's always worth the battle because if I if I learn how to, even in the persecution, if I learn how to stay faithful, see, then that, that faith can apply in other areas of my life. Then I can learn how to also stay healthy. I can learn how to stay at peace. I can learn how to stay at peace in the middle of all the persecution. You know, and, and so, you know, what we have to, in our own lives, we have to decide, is it worth the battle, right, is it worth the conflict that you're going to that you will go through if you choose to walk by faith, Uh, and for me, it's, 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 it's almost, why even ask the question, it's such a, such an unimportant question, that of course it's worth it, but some people, they, they will, they will wonder, you know, is it really worth, you know, it's so hard, you know, they say, it's so hard being a Christian because you know the devil's on your case all the time and blah 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 and you know people are mean to you all the time and all these things and uh, and, and uh, you know you get persecuted all the time and yeah but you get to see the glory of God you know you're looking only at the wrong at the at the at the evil things you should need to be looking at the glory of God that's available to you every day the presence of God that's with you uh, in all that you do the, the sweet uh, voice of the lord that speaks to you in, in the quiet hours uh, that well done thou good and faithful servant Uh, To me, all of that, you know, Paul called it light afflictions, right? Remember that? He called these light afflictions. Well, why did he call them light afflictions? Because he said, uh, uh, said, these light afflictions do not compare with the glory that's to be revealed. See, see, Paul sees the end game. He sees, if I stay faithful to the Lord, then there's glory that's going to be revealed in my life. I get to see the glory of God, both on this earth and when I get to heaven. I get to see the presence and the glory of God operating in my life. Uh, Well, don't you want that, right? Uh, Remember what he said in in Matthew 5, 8, that the pure in heart shall what? See God. God. Well, it's not just see God when you die and get to heaven. It's you can see God operating in your life today. Well, is it worth it then to to do whatever it takes to have a pure heart, to stay with a pure heart, to stay with a heart that's that's pure before the Lord? Uh, I I think it's worth it. But a lot of people say, you know, it's so hard as to, you know, and, and the only conflict is in their own heart. The conflict is not outside of them. The conflict is is they're 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 stuck between you know a choice, right? I place before you uh, life and death. Yeah. And and a lot of times we go, well, so what kind of death is it? You know, does uh, uh, there any money along with it, You know, uh, you know, what do I get? Is there fun? Is there any fun in that death? You know, they they they, they want to find out. Well, can I get more details? Because they think, well, maybe it's worth it to kind of play both sides. Because a lot of Christians do, they, right? They, they keep one foot in the world, one foot in the church. Uh, and for them, you know, it's okay to, to, you know, play both sides of the fence. But the, the problem is that you miss all the glory. You miss all the presence of God. You miss the, you miss the, the supernatural aspect of God operating in your life. Yeah. And, and, yeah, the, uh, the, the Lord Jesus himself said to, to him who much is given, much is expected, Right? Uh, and so, yeah, he expected a lot out of Moses because he gave Moses, Moses the burning bush. He gave Moses uh, the, the Red Sea. He gave Moses the, the ability to, to call the ten plagues down from heaven. Uh, you know, he gave Moses a lot. And so, yeah, he expected a lot out of Moses. And Moses had fail, you know, just once or twice and, and wasn't able. To, but he still got to see the promised land. All the other 40 uh, the other uh, millions of people in, in, in uh, Israel didn't get to see it. He got to go up to the mountain, you know, got to look into the, into the promised land and at least see it because he had been faithful for 40 years, right? Uh, and so he wasn't perfect, but man, I'd still, to me, it's still worth it. It's still worth it, amen? Um, it's still worth, the, it's still worth the, the value to it because you see verses like this uh, and you see, you know, if, if I do this, uh, then I'll get a crown of life. If, if I remain, be thou faithful unto death. Uh, and, you know, again, uh, uh, my thoughts about this, I'm not really, you know, it's one of those things, well, am I willing to try this out to see what what it takes, right? But, um, you know, when Jesus was persecuted, he was never killed. Uh, but after Jesus, there was a lot of martyrs, right? There, Jesus was not a martyr in, his, in the traditional sense. Uh, he chose to do those things, and it was by plan. Uh, but um, I, I still wonder if, there's not faith available to the to the Christian to get out of some of these things. You know, James was beheaded in the book of Acts, but Peter was released supernaturally out of the prison. Uh, and so could we not all live like Peter, right, in that sense? Of course, I know uh, the tradition tells us that Peter was eventually crucified upside down at the end of his life. Uh, and even Paul, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was beheaded. Uh, and so, um, uh, the, you know, the jury's still out on that. You know, I'll have to wait and see what the Lord would tell me in that in that moment you know I'm not looking I'm not looking to try it out and find out you know Lord uh, is there a way out or not uh, to set up a situation that's difficult uh, even even uh, uh, threatens my life uh, but um, uh, but if it ever does come to that I'll have a conversation with the Lord uh, and so uh, Paul again talks about uh, in first Corinthians nine twenty five. he says and every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things uh, in fact, I want to uh, go to that verse there and just look at that because that's uh, a good verse in First uh, Corinthians chapter 9. <clears throat> and so um, this is actually a, a good verse here. This should encourage us here. Uh, he says, um, let's start in verse 24 in First Corinthians chapter nine. It says, "Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that you may obtain, or that you may win." you know, I like this mentality. This is Paul's mentality. He said, you know, we're all running a race. Amen? We're all running our, our race. And we should be running the race that the Lord told us to run, but a lot of people are running the race that they want to run. The Lord said, well, I need you to be, you know, an evangelist. Well, I, you know, that sounds hard. I'm going to be a pastor instead, right? Uh, because being a pastor is super easy, right? And so, in <laughs> some people's, people's minds, right? Uh, it, it's funny because some people's like, you know, uh, man, I wouldn't be a pastor if it was the last job on the earth, right? And then other people, you know, I want to be a pastor more than anything. Uh, and so, but, but I really like verse 24. Know you not that they which run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize. So run. He's telling us, you should run that, so to win. Amen? Uh, in other words, uh, in our race with the Lord, we want to we be the uh, person with the biggest faith, the person with the biggest heart, person with the biggest uh, spirit of God operating in their life, that's what, that's what we want, that's our race, right, that's what we want to run we want to win, and it's not just about uh, holding our breath to the end because that's not really winning, right, some people uh, uh, they just they go through life and uh, they get saved and then it's basically hell and hell earth and then they got, die and go to heaven well that's not winning to me, that, that's holding your breath and really it's just uh, uh, kind of running out the clock You ever seen? You know, you get in games and somebody's barely ahead, and they just run out the clock, and that's you know a fine strategy in sports. But I don't want to run out the clock. I want to to push every day. I want to get better every day. I want to learn more of the Lord every day. I'm not satisfied with just uh, barely. I I finished. I finished. You know, across the finish line, right? Uh, And so, you know, they got these uh, like these five k races, and. Uh, you know, for me, my only goal, if I did, I'm not going to do a 5k race, but if I did a 5k, my goal would be just to finish, right? I'm not going to try to win because that's not me. I'm not a runner. I don't like running. Like that's why God invented the bicycle, right? That's why God invented the cars. Uh, Running, it's like, wow, you know, uh, I want you to get a mule or something. At least, I mean, you know, there've been mules around for a long time, but anyway, some people like to run and that's fine, right? If you like to run. Uh, But see, I I couldn't do that. That's not me. Uh, but, but really, everything that I do in my life, I'm always trying to win. Uh, I'm not trying to just barely get by. Uh, and uh, I remember when uh, one of the kids were in high school, uh, the, their, their class, they think they were, they were freshmen, I think, at the time. And uh, so in the homecoming parade, they build a float. And they might have been sophomores, I think, at the time. And so each class, the sophomore class built a float, the junior class built a float, and the senior class built a float, and they went through the parade, and they voted on whoever won. Uh, And so uh, when I was in college, you know, uh, our group, our Christian organization, uh, produced many floats, and and I designed them all, and and we won uh, several times uh, in the parade for the best float. And so I've got a little experience in it, and, uh, you know, for a small fee, I'll be glad to uh, consult on your float design if you'd like. Uh, and so anyway so I kind of designed their float for them and we're building it and and you'd have a good time building it and and so one of the other teachers is there and so she starts talking well now uh, don't don't expect to win boys and girls because you know the seniors usually win so you know don't plan on winning just you know it's just just doing the work that's good enough right just just uh, uh, putting together you know you can't don't expect to win and I'm thinking, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and so I'm just minding my own business, right? Until she said, isn't that right, Mr. Bolio?" <laughs> and so I didn't say anything, you know. You know and, and so she keeps on going, you know, uh, well, you guys, there's no way you're gonna win. And not that right, Mr. Bolio. And she's going on and on. Well, you know, don't, don't expect to win because the seniors, you know, usually win. And that right, Mr. And finally I said, no, we don't, we don't do this to, to finish. We plan on winning. Whether we win or not, we're planning on winning. You know, I'm not going to cry if I don't win, but I'm not going to plan on on second place. My goal is to be second place. My goal is never to be in second place. Amen. My goal is to win. Uh, And then what Paul said, we should all run. One, only one receives a prize. So run that you may win. In your Christian walk, you should run to win. You should run to win against your flesh, against your mind, against your past. I don't have a past. So many people, you, you see them walking around, and, and they've got. You know, I remember uh, my pastor had this is a long time ago, but he had this guest speaker, and so they decided the uh, the guest speaker. Um, I think it was a well, I can't tell. I remember if it was a woman or a man, but because uh, it had been so long ago, and I uh, I was you know I was actually in the in the service, uh, but <clears throat> uh, so they start. Uh, pastor, we want to pray for you. I'm like okay, so he goes up there, and and they're praying for him, uh, and and they said. You know, I see, I see uh, boxcar loads of, of uh, weights in your life. And Lord, give them the strength to, to pull this boxcar loads of weights. Blah, 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 blah. I ain't got no boxcar loads of weights. My, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I unhooked those a long time ago. I don't have a past. I, you know, I don't have all, all these uh, burdens and, and worries of the past and, and, and frets about the past. You know, and, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I so said, wouldn't it be nice? I wasn't worried about it, but I was thinking, wouldn't it be nice if, you know, I'm 58 years old now, right? Uh, wouldn't it be nice if, like, I get to be 70 years old or so, and, you know, just think what I would lo- I'm going to learn between now and I'm 70, right? And then when I turn 70, the Lord said, okay, you get to redo everything based on what you know right now. How much better could we do our whole life second time around? Right? Now, a lot of people would still mess it up just as bad the first, second time around. You know, they say, well, the second time around, I get to do even worse. Uh, but uh, you think about... Because, you know, anybody here perfect? I mean, no, I don't know anybody that's perfect, so you think about, you know, what would you have done different in that situation or that situation? So, you know, there's things that you've done that, that aren't perfect in your life, uh, but, but I don't sit there and dwell on all, all my failings and all my problems, and uh, it's just, I don't have time for that. I'm, I'm running a race. I'm trying to get somewhere with the Lord. I'm trying to get, know Him better today than I knew Him yesterday. Uh, and, and so... Paul said, run to win. In your Christian life, you should run to win. Mediocrity is not a goal. My goal is to be perfectly average, right? I want more than anything. I want to be average. My greatest desire is to be absolutely average. I want to be a C plus person all my life. It's like, no, there's no C plus, you know. Uh, There's only A. You know, we'll let you get by with an A. A plus really should be your goal, but we'll let you slide with an A if that's that's as far as you can get to. Because Paul said, run to win. Now, he's not talking about winning in card games and things like that. You know, it, you know and that's fine. You know, you should. Uh, uh, it, it's funny because we, we like to play a lot of board games in my family. We're super competitive, right? Uh, now, we don't cheat. I have thought about, you know, man, I could play this game. I could cheat. They would never know it. Now, I won't cheat. But, I, you know, I, I could probably tell you ten ways I could cheat from every game because I've thought, I have thought about it um, because I don't win all the time. Uh, I mean, once, once the kids get to be sentient, uh, I stopped winning at most of the games, you know. When they're like three years old, I just win and no big deal, you know. But then they, they, they all got intelligent, you know. All my kids are intelligent. And, and um, <laughs> it's like every now and then, I mean, every now and then, you know, even a blind squirrel will win a game on occasion. But, um, but it's still, you know, uh, it's, it's uh, Chris was talking about how she, she was uh, uh, doing something at work. And they remarked, You are so competitive. And she said, I'm the least competitive in my family. <laughs> and she is. Because, <laughs> I mean, like Jared, he's kind of like, you know, uh, no prisoners at all, right? There's, we don't have a POW camp. We just we shoot them all and burn the rest, right? Uh, burn it all to the ground. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm not quite that bad, but, uh, but uh, I'm still uh, aggressive. Uh, and, and then, because, um, you know, if, if a certain point comes up, no, the rules say this. No, no, no. And then war ensues, right? Because we're going to win that last point of that, of that rule uh, for the game, and that's fine, right? Because uh, uh, it's because it's just we leave it all on the table, and we don't we don't get mad at each other and, and get and pouty for a day or two, or at least I don't. Anyway, I don't. I can't speak for the rest of you. have to ask them, uh, but um, but it's okay to win, right? Uh, and I remember I used to have uh, when we lived uh, uh, with some uh, near some other friends years ago. Uh, the the. Uh, it was a couple, you know, they were friends with us, me and Chris, and um, uh, she was super competitive, right? The wife was super competitive. And, and um, uh, But the problem was she wasn't as good as I was, right? Now, I'm not the best, but I was better than her. And that's all that really matters, right? When you're playing board games, you just could to be better than the guy next to you. You have to be the best to be better than the guy next to you. And so, And she would get so mad when she would lose. I mean, like steaming, like mad, like, you know, it's going to take me three days to get over it mad. Well, I mean, you know, you should play to win, but it's just a game, right? And so I would, I would just, I would double up and do everything I could to win. And then I would rub it in her face. I can't, you, man, you're, you're terrible. I can't believe you lost. that. We beat you so bad. Uh, and she would get so mad. And I, and I mean, it was my way of trying to help her, right? Because it's like, look, you need to recognize how mad you are right now. Because it's just a game, right? And there's, some things are important, uh, like the church and ministry, you know, how we do things here. That's important. Play a board game, it doesn't matter. If, if I lose 100 times in a row, it's okay. And, you know, if you look at the record, we keep track of, some, of many of them. You know, it's like, wow, how come your name's never on the list, Chip, for winning? Uh, and, and so, uh, and, and that's fine. You know, but I'll still play and, and have a good time, and I'll, and I'll put effort into it. Uh, and, and so, uh, but, but see, she wasn't really, because uh, Paul said we should run to win. She really wasn't r- running to win uh, life. Right, because you need to run uh, to win life, so that uh, you can find a place how to be competitive, uh, and and strive to win even at a board game. But if you lose, it's not it's not important, right? Because that's not an important thing in life, is it? Whether you win a, a board game or not. Now, some people it's so important they'll cheat. what? What? I never have understood that. Right? Okay, you won because you cheated. But how is that a victory at all? Now, see, I might do it just for fun, right? Just to cheat, see if I can get away with it. Just you know. Uh, and I haven't I haven't done it, but I you know I have thought about doing it. Well, actually, well no, I wasn't cheating. Uh, we we were playing uh, 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 what well, we were playing uh, Battleship. Playing Battleship. And the, the version that we were playing, you could get all these super super weapons, right? So uh, more than just that. And I, and I figured out okay, all of these super weapons have certain limitations. And I figured out okay, no matter what super weapon that Chris has got. I can I can place my ships uh, where they can never have two of those at the same time against me, and so I figured I figured a whole, so, she, uh, and so I had the same super weapons he did. So every time I would shoot mine, I would like hit three of her ships. She could never hit more than one of mine at a time because I figured out the whole strategy. And so for I, like a I had like a winning streak, you know, undefeatable, right? For like ten games, right, twelve games, fifteen games. And finally, I just felt bad because I was destroying all of her hope and, and desires. She had no hope at all. And I finally told her, you know, the plan there. Uh, and so, and, and that's fine, right? Because that was, that was legal. It was perfectly legal to do that, right? Uh, but, but it's not just games, you know, because, and Paul is not talking about games at all, so run that you may win. He's talking about life. You know, it really bothers me if things bother me. You know what I'm saying? If I get, if I get off course because of an event, because something happened. That bothers me. That, that, that event caused me to change course. Uh, and uh, I remember uh, years ago, uh, you know and I'm a lot better about it now, so uh, that's why I'm telling you the story. But I'd get so mad if, if I'm going out, and uh, I remember years ago, I was going to go out and pressure wash the boat. And, and um, uh, pressure washers are, are nearly as evil as weed eaters. Not quite as bad, but they're nearly as bad as weed eaters. right? Weed eaters are the worst. Whoever invented them should go to jail because they're just like the worst. You know, you fire have to, out of string, out of battery, out of fuel, out of, you know, something doesn't, I mean, they're just the worst, right? Sometimes they won't even start. And, and, it, and it's like, I don't have time to deal with this, right? Uh, and, and, you know, you're on the back side of the, of the moon there and you run out of line. Why can't you run out of line when you're at the driveway? No, you've got to wait till you're 100, you know, 100 miles away from the house and then you run out of line. Uh, and so, but I, I was, uh, uh, and, I, and I couldn't get the thing to start. Just, you know, how it goes, right? And it's like, what, you know, finally, I, I, you know, uh, this is not a, a sales pitch, but buy one with a Honda engine and you'll be fine, right? To get rid of the Briggs and Stratton, the garbage. But uh, and I, you buy whatever you want. I don't care. But I'm only going to buy Honda engines because you pull on and they start, right? And that's why. Uh, uh, and so uh, <laughs> and you may have a different. If, you got, if, you got, if you, you're sold on whatever, I don't care. I don't, it just doesn't matter to me, right? But whatever it was, it, it wasn't a Honda and it wouldn't start and i got so mad at that thing i was just so mad and finally i got it, i got the thing started and the for whatever reason the the hose takes off and starts flying around and it hits me in the leg and and then uh, you know i have never cussed my my children have never but a big pump not by that big showed up on my leg, I'm jumping around it. Ah, I'm screaming because it hurts so bad. And, and the, the the girls run to the house. Mom, dad's screaming outside. <laughs> they were only you know this big or so, and I think it terrified them because uh, they what in the world, you know? Well, see that that was a failure. That was a complete abject failure, on my part. And this this stupid machine caused me to to get off course in my life. Right? This machine. it's, it's not it's not. There's no intent in this machine, other than being a stupid machine. But there's no, it doesn't have a goal to, it doesn't have any goals at all, right? But it did. What, what's that? I know it feels like it's. I think it was possessed. Uh, but um, uh, I think there was when there were like a, as a, movie. I remember those those dumb movies we used to watch when we were kids. Kill was Like, a, I think we watched so many bad movies growing up, right? I can't believe we we, we uh, watched all those bad movies. But uh, it got possessed with with some alien or something. I don't know what it was. Killed everything. Well, uh, well, this wasn't that. It was just a, it was just a dumb machine. Uh, but see, see, that bothers me because if that bothers me that much, uh, see, then, then I've got to figure out how to win. Uh, and, and, and it not bother me. Amen? Uh, in fact, and so, so we were, uh, me and another fellow, were, were pressure washing the, the outside of the church one day. And again, same thing. You know, pressure washing, you know. Starts leaking, right? I was. wait, why, why is it leaking? And so it's not holding any pressure, or the water's not holding any pressure, so it's just, Pfft. Uh, and so, um, but, but see, I had, so that, well, that was just only a year or two ago, right, a couple years ago. Well, the other one was, was uh, probably, well, almost 20 years ago or so. So you gotta give me, cut me a little slack, right? Uh, and so, uh, so I'm like, no, I'm gonna beat this thing. And so the guy, said to me, I guess we gotta come back tomorrow. I said, no, this is not gonna win. I, and so I went and got another pressure washer. Just went to the, you know, uh, we've got uh, multiple pressure. washers so I, I will beat this thing in submission. Uh, and so I'm going to win. Uh, and I did. I went and got another pressure washer. Had to change hoses and everything. And, and, and uh, you know, I didn't have time to fix the thing, you know. Uh, and, and later on, I, f- I figured I was missing a gasket. But yeah, I wasn't, I, I didn't, I didn't want to repair the pressure washer. I wanted to do the stuff, right? And that's the thing that frustrates me. It's not that... You know, if I got time, I don't care to to fix the thing, and you know, I'm not really great at it, but but you know, I can fix a few things, and and, uh, but I don't want to fix a few things. I want to do the thing, right? I'm pressure washing. That's what I want to do. I don't want to go fix the pressure washer. I want to do the thing, right? Tomorrow I'll fix the pressure washer, Uh, and so that and that's that's really for me. It's I've got a goal. I'm trying to get the thing done, and and when I get sidetracked, you know, and and, you know, you're six miles down the road. How did I even get here, right? You know, now you're now you're fixing pressure washers, and now you're fixing hoses, and then you go. Uh, and so anyway, it's uh, so so I want to win. I want to run to win. I want to run so that that pressure washer is not my God, because if I if I allow it to change my course and direction, then, then I'm serving it. Yeah, and, that, and I see it that way. Anything that that that, that dictates my life uh, is my God in that moment. Uh, and uh, how many times have people said things and, and you're off for two weeks uh, moping because of what somebody said? I'm going to run to win. You want to say something to me? It might bother me for a minute. Maybe I'll give you two minutes. But, but it's not going to bother me long. Because I will, I will become aggressive and, and pray to get out of that thing. Uh, and so Because I'm going to win. I'm, I don't want anything else to run my life. I don't want people to run my life. I don't want circumstances. I don't want machinery. I don't want finances. I don't want anything to run my life. And, and if I do that, then I win. Uh, and so uh, Paul said, run to win. And everyone that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Uh, that word temperate there is, is modest or moderate in all things. You know, a lot of times people think that Christians are fanatics. Uh, and that's, to, to, you know, I know there's zeal of the Lord, right? Uh, which, is, which is one thing. But what, but what happens as you mature in the Lord, you become temperate and moderate in all things. So you're just not extreme in anything. Right? You're not extreme in in, uh, in in your in your in your diet or your exercise or uh, any, but when it comes to the Lord, you know there's really no no uh, cap on what you should do. You know, could you pray too much? You can't pray too much. Could you read too much? You can't read too much. Can you fellowship with the Lord too much? You can't do that. So there's really you know there's no moderation in, in the realm of the spirit. But in natural things, you'll find that the the, the more spiritual that people become, the more moderate they are in everything. Yeah. And so there's no, there's no fanaticism in any natural thing, right? Because he said you're temperate in all things. So uh, your diet, you know, uh, well, what do you eat? Just whatever I want, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, I used to eat an entire pizza or an entire box of cookies. Uh, and, you know, now I can get by eating just two cookies, right? I mean, you can't just eat one. But, you know, uh, two is a pretty big, pretty big leap for me, right? I mean, I used to get them and, you know, you give me a box of Oreos and a gallon of milk and sin happens soon enough, right? And so, uh, but I don't do that anymore. And you get to grow up, amen? Uh, and, uh, and so we're still working on, on the donut boxes there, but uh, we're about to get the mastery over those things too. Uh, he said, uh, they that, uh, every man that striveth for the mastery. So we should strive, right? Striving implies effort. There is effort in your life that's required if you want to become a great Christian. There's effort required. There's effort required into, into looking to yourself and going, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. You know, I'm going to stop being so unkind. I'm going to stop saying those things. And uh, I mean, you know, people that just, they, they have the hardest time. I mean, you know, I know I knew, used to know a lady we went to church with. She was the best uh, at, be, at being an exhorter. She'd just come up to you and you'd feel like a king every time you were in her presence. And it wasn't just flattery, it was just, man, it's so good to see you. You know, you look great, you know, how, how's it going? You know, I heard I heard some good things about you. That just always encouraging, right? But, you know, so there's that. But there's also flattery, which to me is just empty words, right? Oh, you're the best, you're so awesome, you know, we love you. And you know, it's fake, right? You know, that's, that's, that's just, uh, but, the, but the exhorters, you know, uh, the exhorters uh, are people that, that uh, you like being around, amen? Uh, and so... Uh, but there, there is effort in, involved in these things. And so uh, you've got to decide to, to set these things aside, right? You've got to decide to um, uh, look at yourself and say, well, I don't like that I'm that person. I don't like that, you know, for me, I had to look at the fact that that that, that, um, that, that pressure washer beat me that day, right? Uh, and and, and so, so it's okay, right? Uh, you, but, but unless I acknowledge that, see i can 't strive for the mastery over it well it's not my fault well then i 'm not striving right for the mastery uh, you, you if you 're going to strive for the mastery you 've got to look at okay where w- where do I need to improve you know you look at the absolute best athletes uh, you know world class athletes and they're they're talking about you know half a percent one percent improvement in things you know they're not if, if you wanted me to enter a you know a five k race i mean it's just I'm so far behind, you know, we're not talking about 1% or 2%, we're talking about 100% improvement, right, 1,000% improvement. Well, you know, you got to run. I, you got to run? I mean, like, like actually run? You, I can't just walk? No, you got to run. It's like, well, okay, well, we got a long way to go. Uh, but, the, but these uh, runners and athletes, you know, they're, they're looking, well, you know, if you shift your weight just a hair at this exact time, you know, we think you can, you, we, we can improve your performance by a smidge. And and so you you get into these Olympics races, and they're down to a thousandth of a second, you know, a hundredth of a second difference between you and the guy next to you. And so if you can figure out that one tiny uh, place of mastery, you know, then you can be better. Amen. Uh, And really, that's where you want to get to, where, where it's not just, man, everything in my life is turmoil. It'd be nice to get to a point where, you know, things are going pretty good, but I really need to work in this area. You know, that one guy over there, I need to figure out how to be around them and they not bother me. And I've done that plenty of times in my life, you know, get around, you know, people wonder, why are you being so friendly to me? Because you really annoy me, and I'm trying to, to get to work that out of my life, right? <laughs> and so, so, but don't get paranoid of, why is, why is pastor so friendly to me all of a sudden? Well, because you're really annoying, and I want to make sure that, no, that's not, that's not why. Uh, but, you know, uh, Brother Hagen, they did, they did it one time in a testimony service when he was pastor. He went, you know, what's some things you all thankful for? And, you know, I'm thankful for, you know, the clouds, I'm thankful for chocolate cake, you know, whatever, whatever, and, you know, he, he got up, I'm, th- I'm thankful for Sister Dad." And he was like, what? she's the worst in the whole church. You know, why are you thankful for her? He said, she keeps me on my knees more than everybody else. Uh, and so <laughs> I'm not sure that was a compliment if she really understood, you know, if she had any insight into the kind of person she was. But, you know, sometimes it's good to do that. Sometimes it's good to be around the very person that annoys you the most so that you can get there and, not, and leave not being annoyed because you're going to master, become the master over your own emotions because, yeah, you know, now look, you know, it's not that you've got to always have the worst of life, right? Well, I've got to have everything bad in my life so that it doesn't bother me. Well, you can have everything good in your life and still not bother you, right? right? Now, Some people, if they get good things, it goes to their head. And, and a lot of times what people do is, then I won't have any good things. See, that's not striving for the mastery. Right? Now I'm not talking about going to put yourself in a position of sin. Uh, you know, if you were an alcoholic don't go buy a liquor store, right? Well, I'm going to do that to prove, no, that's not striving for the mastery, right? That's setting yourself up for failure. So I'm not talking about sinful things. I'm talking about just for you as an individual, it's okay to put yourself in a position to see, can you have the mastery in the situation? Uh, And so you've got to find that path for yourself. I can't dictate for you what that looks like. Uh, But he said, every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate or moderate in all things. And you know, one thing I used to say some, and I don't say this anymore because uh, because first of all, it's it's implying uh, something about the people in the church that I think is is, uh, uh, is something that I don't want to imply. But a pastor one time said that uh, pastors be careful what you show your people uh, the things that you do in your life because, because he said whatever you whatever you do as a pastor in moderation, they will do in excess. Uh, and so, you know, uh, if I say, well, you know, I like donuts. Uh, and, oh, hey, Pastor likes donuts. I'm going to eat all the donuts. And, you know, that some people would do that, right? Some people, are like, oh, you mean it's okay to eat donuts? I thought they were wrong. No, it's okay to eat donuts. And they'll go and buy all the donuts and eat all the donuts, right? And then look like a donut. Be short and round and, uh, and, and with a hole in the middle. Uh, and so, uh, but see, to me, you know, that, 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 that's saying very little about you. You have a right. You have a you have a right to choose what you do, and you shouldn't do what you do in your life based on me upon me anyway. Right? Well, the pastor does it a little bit. I should do it a lot. That that's that's foolishness. Amen. You should strive for uh, moderation in every area of your life. And so, if I say I eat a donut, oh, you mean it's okay to eat donuts? Well, then I'm going to go eat one. Okay, that's fine, right? But but if, see, if you use me as an excuse, I'm not at fault. Uh, now, look, if I'm doing something intentionally to. To entice you. I understand that, but I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about just, hey, you know, uh, I watched a ball game. Well, I'm, that's all I'm going to do is watch ball games, right? I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, I played a, you know, a, a video game once in my life. Oh, I'm going to spend 100 hours a, a, a week on video games. Well, you know, I'm not talking about uh, that. You know, I should be able to tell you things that I do in my life without it causing excess to be, uh, to rise up in your life. Amen? And And, be, be, and so, First of all, if you did that, if I told you something that I did in moderation and then you took it to excess, see, you have no excuse. You can't say, well, it's the pastor's fault because it's, it's not my fault, right? It's entirely your fault. So don't put it on me anyway. And so, you know, I don't really, I don't really uh, believe that anymore. Uh, or, or I think it's, to me, it's, it's showing uh, very little confidence in you. See, I have great confidence. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. I've got the Holy Spirit in me. If you'll strive for mastery in your life, then you won't become, uh, you won't uh, follow anything that I say and take it to excess. Because you should be striving for the same moderation and, and mastery in your life as I am in my life. And so if I've got mastery over donuts, then you should have mastery in, over donuts in your life. Amen. I don't know, we're all at different places in our faith walk, and, and that's fine. But I'm, I'm not going to hide things from you because I'm afraid that, well, they'll take it to excess. That, to me, that, that shows little regard for you. Uh, you have the same power and the same Holy Ghost in you that I do. You have the same word that says uh, to strive for mastery in all things right? Uh, and and to be uh, moderate in all things. And now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we do it to obtain an, an incorruptible crown. So what Paul is saying here is there's value in us doing these things because there's a reward from heaven. When we get that reward, part of that reward is here on the earth because said, Jesus talked about that in Matthew chapter 10. If you give up anything for my sake or the gospel's sake, you'll have all these things added to you in a hundredfold. And, and, he, and, and, and in the future, eternal life, right? Uh, and so uh, there is value both in this life and in the life to come to strive for the mastery in all things. Uh, and so the, uh, and as a result of that, there is it, there's not just... The fact that we got the mastery, but the Lord's going to reward us with something that, you know, we get an incorruptible crown. You know, I mean, that's great. Uh, And it it is completely, it's like getting a gold medal. What can you do with a gold medal? I mean, you hang it on a wall, right? It's pretty, but it's completely useless as far as a functioning thing, right? But but, uh, uh, from the Lord's perspective, he doesn't care. He still, you know, hey, here's a crown for you, for striving to uh, have mastery in your life on this earth, uh, and I'm going to give you an incorruptible crown. Uh, and so uh, from, from my perspective, what I would, what I always encourage everybody is it's worth the fight. It's worth the effort. It's worth the, the time it takes to change. It's worth it to allow, you know, you go to Hebrews chapter 12, and the, and the Lord, t- and the Bible talks about how the Lord would chastise us. It's, it's worth it to allow the Lord to chastise you. And of course, we know Uh, If you've been around here long enough, how does the Lord chastise us? With the word, right? Does he chastise us with sickness and disease? Does does he cause us to have an accident, have a tire blowout and a car flip over to teach us not to uh, be mean to the pressure washer next time? No, he doesn't do that, right? He will speak to us. He will say, hey, why were you so mad at that pressure washer? You know, it's made out of dirt. And you let that pressure washer uh, cause you to change course and direction in your life. Yes, sir, you're right, I did that, right? I mean, he will rebuke you, you know. When he does it, it's, it's, it doesn't, you know, uh, it doesn't feel good, right? Uh, but he will. If, you will. if you will allow him to, he will correct you all the days of your life. Uh, because if you're going to strive for mastery, you know, uh, I was thinking about this the other day. The very best athletes in the world, I mean, the top athletes in the world all have coaches, right? The, uh, it's not that they're figuring everything on their own. They've got somebody that's going, you know, that right there, change your swing a little bit, adjust your balance a little bit. You know, there's somebody in their life that's looking at them and going, you, you, need, you need to tweak everything, right? Uh, and, and we have that same uh, uh, option in our life called the Holy Ghost. He will say, hey, the attitude right there that you had, you know, don't have it. I mean, you know, uh, it, it, for me, just, you know, I've been married for 34 years, and that's probably been the, one of the biggest areas that the Lord has rebuked me and corrected me over the years just about just so many little things because it's so easy to get complacent being with somebody for 34 years and, and take them for granted and uh, i mean i think i do okay i hope i do okay i think the lord you know chris isn't here she so can uh, wait till i'm gone and then ask her how how is he really you know that way it could be an objective opinion right uh, but over the years you know lord just just little things you know just hey you know uh, i mean just 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 like um uh, I mean, just even even the last probably year or so, the Lord said, hey, when she's traveling, she calls you. Put everything down. Turn, uh, pause the TV, close your laptop, turn your phone upside down, and just talk to your wife. Because it's so easy. Well, I'm playing, you know, I'm, playing, I'm watching TV, you know. you Hang on. Okay, yeah. Of course, you know, she does have a sixth sense to no know to call like two minutes right before the show's over, right? You know, you're just about to get the big reveal about who did it. And then she, the phone rings. She's like, "Should I answer it?" get, you know, but they're about to tell me who did it. <laughs> okay, I'll answer. You know, and then but so have got to keep one eye on the TV and one eye on the phone. You know, and you're not really. And the Lord said, "You know, pay attention to her. Uh, she's worth it." Amen. And it's a, it's a small thing, but uh, but still, I mean, it's it's been that way for 34 years. The Lord has has rebuked me for 34 years. You know, and and I don't even think I'm a terrible of a, of a husband at all. Uh, but apparently I've got room to grow, because he, he, he has never stopped, but see, if I'm going to strive for mastery, then I've got to allow him to do that, I've got to allow the Lord, if I want to get a crown, uh, an incorruptible crown, if I want to have uh, a reward for, for striving in my life, th- then I've got to put the, forth the effort, and I've got to allow him to be my, uh, I don't like to say coach, because that sounds very natural, he's not my coach, right, I'm not, I am, as a pastor, I'm not your life coach, right, a lot of a lot of ministers are, I'm your life coach. I'm your life coach. Uh, I'm your pastor, right? Uh, let's keep it there. But at the Holy Ghost, he, he's there tweaking your, tweaking your life. You know, when you first get saved, it's big things. Hey, grow up. You know, hey, quit stealing things. Quit, quit lying all the time, right? Quit, quit uh, hitting your sister. You know, just big things, right? But, but after you've, you've been with the Lord for years, if you've allowed him to, then it becomes small things. Hey, that thought that you just had that nobody knows about, don't ever have that thought again. Well, Lord, okay, you know. Uh, that attitude, you know, when, when, when uh, your, your wife says, hey, can you take out the garbage? It's like, oh, I just took it out, you know, six weeks ago, right? Why would I got to do it again? Uh, no, don't have that. You because know, you, you still do it, right? You still take it out. But did you have an attitude when, when she asked, right? Uh, and so, and, and she may never know it. Uh, you know, you don't have to always express it, but the Lord's like this. It does, it's, to the Lord, it's not good enough to, to just hide and mask your emotions, and your thoughts, and your attitudes, uh, he wants them gone, because he told, uh, Paul told the Ephesians, put off the old man, he didn't say just hide him, right, cover him up, put him under a blanket, he said put him off, get rid of him, so so you've got to strive where those attitudes and thoughts just aren't there, Uh, and uh, and it's worth the effort, because if you do that, life is so easy, I mean, life is just the easiest thing, if you can get to where you allow the Spirit of God to rebuke you on a regular basis, chastise you for Every little thing, and sometimes it's like, Lord, you know, does this ever end? Because it's just all the time, right? It just, I mean, just. And I can tell you, even as a, as a as a pastor, you know, I go home and the Lord, like, why'd you say that? Oh, Lord, I thought it was cool. I- is that your goal to be cool? You know, and of course, I don't know. If we've had that particular conversation, but but mm-hmm. a lot of things, uh, a lot of times he'll he'll rebuke me over something that that was said. Uh, uh, and, and more often than not, it's because it gets too close to bringing attention to me. It's not that, that I was trying to get attention, but but oftentimes you'll say something, and uh, it's getting too close to wanting attention. And so the Lord's always making sure that I stay far back off that line to where, hey, it's all about me. Uh, and so, uh, and so even in the ministry, the Lord rebukes me on a regular basis. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, you know, it's not that He's on my case all the time. That you know, everything you said was wrong. Uh, but a lot of times it'll be like that, just that one thing, just, you know, the, a whole message, but that one phrase, you know, half a sentence, uh, no, don't say that like that again, right, and a lot of times, if, if you listen closely, he'll rebuke me right in the middle of a message, and I'll have to go back and say, what I said right there, you know, I, I got to take that back, yeah, and, uh, and, and so if he does tell me in the middle of a, of a uh, you know, I'll try to make it right, and I have many times made it right, right in the middle of a service, hey, what I said about, you know, that's not right, uh, and so, because I'm not perfect, amen? If you've been around here long enough, you realize I'm not perfect. But, but I do want a do crown. Don't you want a crown? Yeah. I mean, if the Lord gives you a crown, it's got to be awesome. I mean, it's got to be unbelievably awesome, right? It, he's an incorruptible crown, whatever that looks like. I don't know what it looks like, but it's got to be cool. I mean, the Pope's got a pretty cool crown, but it's got to be better than a Pope's crown, right? I mean, his is like, you know, four feet tall, right? Uh, I, bet it, I bet it puts the Pope's crown the same, right? The, the crown jewels in, in England, and in in, I think it's in a Tower of, of uh, England there. Or Tower of London is that where they're at? You know, uh, they put them all to shame. The dirt compared to the crown that we get from the Lord, Amen. So is it is it worth is it worth the effort? Uh, you know, I, I just it's just worth the effort. I, more than anything, if I could get if I could uh, uh, put into people's hearts that it's worth the effort to strive for the mastery of being a child of God, that I, I feel like I have won the battle. I mean, I feel like I have accomplished something in my life if I can get everybody that I that I minister to to believe that it's worth the effort to strive for the mastery of being a child of God. Uh, because so many people are just, they're just cruising on, uh, you know, uh, they're, uh, they're at a cruise control level uh, in their life as a Christian. They're not getting any better. They're not really getting any worse. They're just satisfied kind of right where they're at. And I'm just not satisfied. Uh, I don't want to ever be satisfied, amen? Uh, and so let, let's do that. So so Paul w- was was encouraging the Philippians, you are my joy, my crown. The fruit that you've produced in my life uh, is part of my reward. Amen. And uh, wouldn't it be a blessing uh, for, the, for you to produce life and that it, it produces rewards in other people's life because you've, uh, you've produced fruit in your life? Um, and, uh, and my desire more than anything is, is for you all to be able to produce fruit in your life because of things you hear uh, in this ministry, right, and, and things that are imparted into your life. And if, you, if that happens, there's no greater joy for me as a minister than to see that happen, amen? No greater joy than to see people uh, strive and become better as, as children of God. So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for the word of God. And, Father, we thank you for the blessings of heaven. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, that your word speaks to us. Yeah, it provides us the foundation of all that we know about you. And, Father, we thank you so much that we have the ability to strive for mastery in all that we do. And all that we say, Father, and all that we think. And so, Father, we thank you for these things. We give you all the praise and the honor for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, all right, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this evening's offering. And um, uh, we'll have uh, prayer service uh, Friday night, 7 p.m. Chris will be returning back from her trip then. She won't be back in time for, for prayer service. Uh, but, um... um She'll be back with us on Sunday, and then um, come ahead, Mr. Jared. And uh, a week from Sunday, uh, Miss Marilyn will be with us. Uh, and so I'm actually not going to be here, but Chris will be here, and Jared will be here. Um, she'll be here with us on that Sunday. Then I'll be gone uh, for both the morning service and healing school. And uh, and she's got a great testimony of healing. If you've never heard uh, Miss Marilyn before, I think everybody in here has heard her before. So. Um, all right, praise God. Well, let's go find something we can, we can uh, get the mastery over, right? Uh, if you want to be the mastery over a pressure washer, burn all the Briggs and Stratton ones, get you a Honda one, right? So, all right, praise God. We'll be blessed. We'll see you. We'll see you later.